and welcome to Bonnets at Dawn, a literary podcast that kind of just talks about women that might have possibly worn a bonnet at one point and then also wrote a book. I am your host, Hannah Chapman, and I am (laughs) Team Gaskell. And I am your host, Lauren Burke. I am also Team Gaskell. So today on the show, we are doing an interview with Lacey Shaw. And Lacey Shaw is the creator of Maggie Hale's Corner, which of course is a literary inspired web series, which is inspired by Elizabeth Gaskell's North and South, our book of the month, of course. So obviously everyone who is listening right now is either uh, A, really sick of hearing about this book that they're not reading, or B, Mm -hmm. really excited for more stuff about (laughs) this book that they're reading. Exactly. And for those of you that are not reading North and South, um, I mean, it's almost over. It's nearly guys. done. We only have- <laughs> We're nearly there. The end is in sight. You, just, you need to hang on like another week. Um, our Bronte and Austin content will be back the first week of December uh, when we will be running our Naughty Bonnets episode. So stay tuned. That's such like an intriguing episode title, isn't it? Like, what could that be? What could that be? It's just Hmm. me and Lauren shooting a calendar for next year, 2018 Naughty Bonnets calendar, where we're just nude apart from from bonnets, basically. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, I had an awesome interview with Lacey. Super fun. I am, um, I, I, I am an older person. As you'll you'll get to hear later on in this interview, um, (laughs) I haven't seen too many LIWs. What's an LIW? Literary inspired web series. Yes, Um, because like YouTube wasn't around when I was in high school or college. Okay. And I feel like that's when people like get into them. And I just like admitting that the other day, I was like, oh, God, I feel old. Yeah, I just, I like just missed it. I think I watched like maybe five. And now I'm like having to go back and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Alice, who is obviously like a few years younger than me, is, Mm -hmm. she was like born and raised on the internet. Um, She knows everything. Like she understands memes. I don't, I don't understand memes. Yeah. And so like I can just about make a gif work. That is it. Um. (laughs) Yeah, and so, like, the Lizzie Bennet diaries and stuff like that did kind of pass me by. But then all of my cousins are really into um, LIWs, like, really into them. Um, and they just talk about oh, them cool. all the time. So, but, yeah, they, they're they about uh, between five to ten years younger than me. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I think they're great. Like, I think... Um... Like, I've been watching Maggie Hale's Corner. Yes. It is such a great way to engage with the material. And um, I love that, like, every episode is, like, two to three, four minutes long. And um, she really does get everything in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, And And it's been sort of great to sort of compare and contrast. What your point about engaging with the, the content, I think the thing that has stuck out to me most of all with this series is how different this is engaging with it in terms of adapting it and bringing it into the present as opposed to that Jane comic. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So there's some gender bending, um, like 
certain storylines are different and like people's roles are updated but like uh, Lacey's point about um an immigrant story being kind of a mirror of like this Thornton's self-starting career and like his family background and coming from nothing is such Mm -hmm. a refreshing take on it and it's saying like I'm not going to do this word for word but I'm finding something which at its core feels the same and I'm going to tell that story at the same time like I'm going to use this as a conduit for telling this story and I'm going to make it relevant for modern audiences so without further ado let's go ahead and jump into our interview with Lacey Shaw creator of Maggie Hale's Corner so now you're out in uh, Maryland what are you doing out there uh, so I work part-time right now um, up at a museum. Ooh. So it's uh, in D.C. Oh, awesome. Which yeah. museum are you at? Uh, so it's actually, it's it's so funny because so many people don't know about it. It's actually the home originally of the granddaughter of Martha Washington. So George Washington never actually had kids of his own, mm-hmm. but he essentially raised Martha's kids. So this was essentially their granddaughter. And the house stayed in the family for six generations. I know this feel by heart. I give sure. tours there. Uh, and the last owner passed away in 1983. So that's when the house finally became a museum. So it, we have a huge Washington collection, but a lot of people don't even know we exist. Yeah, I had no idea that, that museum yeah. existed. That sounds amazing. Yeah, it's nice. It's like my dream to work and live in a historic home. Yeah, no, it's it's really fun. We uh, Because it's been Halloween and stuff, we did this experimental tour. I didn't get to go on it. I was sad because it was after my shift was over. Mm-hmm. But they did like a, a death and mourning. So they had a coffin out and they talked about different uh things that they did for the family when someone had passed away and everything so that's awesome so you lead like the tours and stuff and I do sometimes yeah we we have docents so technically I'm the visitor services person so I'm usually Mm -hmm. at the front desk and I'm doing the store things but this time of year we're really low on docents so I've Mm -hmm. given lots of tours recently that is super fun yeah it is I enjoy it I'm really jealous (laughs) (laughs) so you um Obviously, have a love of history, yes, and then a love of literature as well. Yeah, I'm guessing. Yes, yes, definitely, <laughs> absolutely. So, um, how did you get into the whole like literary web series game? Okay, so it's I was introduced the way I think a lot of people were, which is originally with the Lizzie Bennet Diaries, mm-hmm. which is of course the adaptation of Pride and Prejudice. Um, I'm trying to think if I'd watched really anything before. I don't think so. I saw GIFs on Tumblr and I decided, okay, this looks like fun. And that's really how I was first introduced, which, I, th- like I said, I think a lot of people are. Yeah. And so then, then once I watched it, because I actually started really late into the series, I think they'd only had like 20 episodes left by the time I started. So I kind of missed out on a lot of the uh, the interactions with the characters and everything. So mm-hmm. I couldn't get enough after that point. So then I just started to find all of these different things. And I think I had that really big shock that a lot of people have because I, the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, this is someone doing it like out of their room. No, it was actually like a Hollywood film team and they had right. a huge budget and really nice sets. And that was the case for the first few I watched. And then I finally found people who were actually like doing their own smaller things. I found like the student groups and then I found like the more just like on their own stuff. And then I was hooked and I couldn't get enough. Nice. So what made you want to do your own? That's a big jump from being a fan to starting your own series. Yeah. So I'd actually been wanting to do it for a while. So funny. I actually 
had a, a post on Facebook, you know, it does the whole thing of, oh, these are your memories from blah, blah, blah years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and it had said, you know, I was trying to do a web series four years ago and it didn't work out. Um, I had originally been working on a LGBT uh, web series is kind of a response to me and several other people uh, online had mm. felt very frustrated with a particular show. And so we were trying to create our own thing. And that kind of flopped and failed. And then I tried again to do another web series of my own, which is based on Jekyll and Hyde. And again, it was a lot of the same issues. Mm. Uh, it was trying to do it through like the online forum. So we didn't have anyone in person. We were all doing it through like Skype calls and things like that, which mm. would have been a really cool medium if we'd been able to pull it off, but it just never came together. So right. this has been one of those things that I've been trying to do for a long time. And it's just finally now actually came together. worked out. Nice. Yeah. Gotcha. Now um, you did it. You filmed it all out there in Maryland. Yes. Yeah, I did. Nice. So you'd had to go through like, so you, I was actually guessing that you were maybe a film major in school, but anthropology, yeah, a l- little different. But <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like you should, you would be able to apply a lot of skills from anthropology to actually like writing and scripting and everything. Definitely. So the biggest thing is that I really, I used to write a lot. I used to try and write a lot of novels and mm-hmm. stuff. And I've never, I've always wished that I was able to write in really big roves terms like other people are, you know, have really Mm -hmm. long, nice flowing descriptions, but I was just never good at that. Mm -hmm. I really wanted to tell the action. Mm -hmm. And between that and watching web series, I went, well, you know, I would rather show what I want to have than necessarily write it out. And so it was kind of that transfer from wanting to write stories to show stories. Right. Well, you know what? Comics also might be the medium for you, by the way. (laughs) If if I could draw, that would be great. Well, but yeah, I you could always draw. write and you get someone to – yeah, I, I just write them. I don't draw them. But, yeah. Uh, that would be uh, – that is, yes, something else that I've always wanted to do. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's like – that's very much what a comic writer would say. <laughs> so um, how did you choose North and South? So I had watched it, uh, the miniseries, mm-hmm. quite a long time back. Um, I think I found it maybe on Netflix or something way back when and I, I really love watching different period shows and I love some of the BBC miniseries and I think I just happened upon it and that was that was way before Richard Armitage was really popular or anything mm-hmm. like that and so I just I really really enjoyed it I thought it was really kind of interesting and different from some of the other stuff that I'd seen out there uh, and when I was considering this I had made a like a short list of okay what are the different ideas I can do mm-hmm. and what what would really work and I finally, I narrowed it down to two. I narrowed it down to Heidi and I narrowed it down to North and South. Mm-hmm. And I ultimately decided that North and South felt more feasible. I would love to do Heidi some point if possible, but I felt like to do it properly, I'd want a lot of real, uh, really nice outdoor scenes and a lot right. of kind of beautiful scenery. And I, that's just really hard where I live to find. Yeah. That sounds so insulting to where I live right now, but it just doesn't have that atmosphere. So that's ultimately how I decided on North and South because I originally really, really loved it. And it just it felt it felt like the right fit. And you you've updated it to modern times. Correct. Yes, correct. So yeah, yeah, I feel like North and South um, reading it now, I'm only about halfway through, but it does feel like a very mo- it still feels very modern. Yes, exactly. That's um. so how did you break it down? So it has 52 chapters. <laughs> Yeah, so essentially, I first went through and I sort of had the book by the side and I had like, then I, I honestly, I took like cliff notes or something so I could have an easier 
a description as well. Mm -hmm. And I just went through each chapter and I decided, okay, this is what's happened. So at first I had this big master list of, okay, this is everything that happens in each of these chapters. And then I decided to break it out into what things made sense as episodes. And that's where I started to think about what type of episodes would they be and what type would it all be vlogging? Would it be a combination of different things? And then in the course of that, realizing that some things just didn't make sense, no matter what format I was using to really have it on camera. So that's when I added more of those transmedia elements of, okay, well, this wouldn't really happen on camera in any of those scenarios, but it could happen in an email or it could happen in a text message or it could happen in a post or something like that. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I decided. So then I broke it down into this happens in each episode and we have a total of 55 episodes. Okay. I was about to ask. All right. Nice. And how long um, are the episodes each? Most of them are fairly short. I mm-hmm. want to say they average around four minutes. I think our longest one is around eight or nine minutes because a lot of stuff happens in that one. Okay, gotcha. Now, what is the premise for your North and South? So our premise is that Margaret, known as Maggie in our version, hence the the name Maggie Hills Corner, uh, she's a journalist. She's fairly fresh out of college, last couple of years. And she is a journalist for a sort of up-and-coming place uh, in D.C., and her father ends up, it's it's pretty similar, the reason he leaves, uh, but we've modernized it. He leaves the church this time because of the anti-LGBT sentiment that okay. started to kind of grow in his congregation. Nice. And so he decides to leave that, and they move to Milton. And the reason that Maggie, as a 23-year-old, ends up going with them is because her boss finds out that her parents are doing this and says, oh, well, you know what, there's a lot of kind of attention and everything going around there that could be something really good to uh report on an interview about Mm -hmm. so go go along with your parents and do that which maggie's kind of horrified about uh and so that's how they end up in milton gotcha i like this thank you i i was gonna ask you what you were gonna do with the dad (laughs) everyone's really mad at mr hale right now and i will say um i'm doing this interview when we have just posted the discussion thread for chapters one through 10. Got um, it. I think we will post this interview um, somewhere around the middle of the book. Got it. So, um, but at this point in time, everyone's quite, quite pissed at Mr. Hale. Yeah. And yeah. Um, just, yeah, how he, he asked Maggie to, you know, let, let the mom know. <laughs> yeah. He, I, I don't want to do it. So you, you go tell her. You go tell her. So <laughs> yeah, it's been... A lot of discussion about that this week. Um, what is your take on Maggie? You know, it's it's funny because I saw the post from Hannah about being like, oh, so she's a hipster. And I was like, oh, man, I wish we'd done more of that. Because we got a lot of her other stuff in about being really kind of snobby and stuck about things. But I'm like, oh, man, I wish we'd gotten like glasses i wish she was like super into records and like oh we could have gone <laughs> could have gone all the way with that i'm so sad that we didn't we didn't take the extra mile but yeah you know she is she thinks she knows everything and she really doesn't right. she thinks she has good intentions i think that's the biggest thing about her is that she she has good intentions but she's very naive in what she thinks and she's very she's very close minded while thinking that she's open minded. Right. She thinks that she is fighting for everyone's rights and she's fighting to support everyone, but really she's not really listening to anyone because she already thinks she knows what she knows. Right. And how do you guys handle Thornton? 
so Thornton in our vision, version is a woman. Mm-hmm. She is, God, I feel terrible. I don't actually remember how old our actress is, but Thornton is supposed to be 28 mm-hmm. and she is a CEO. Uh, she is Latin American and we really, we really wanted to take that kind of element. So to put that instead of her being from a poor family to be from an immigrant family and to mm-hmm. have that be some of the tension and some of the prejudice, especially from Maggie's family mm-hmm. on her. So she runs a cosmetics label. So like a, a sort of production for everything that goes into cosmetics and the th- materials that go into facelifts and all sorts of things like that. Mm-hmm. And she, she just does it you know, it's it's an income. It's what she got involved in. And she has a very similar background and upbringing to Thornton in the novel. Uh, her father, I don't I don't want to spoil things in the book for you, but it's okay. her, it's okay. her father uh, isn't around. They've really struggled. Uh, she has a younger sister. Um, her and her mother are really, really close. And she's had to really fight tooth and nail to work herself up to where she is, mm-hmm. which is part of why Maggie and her butt heads, especially in our version, and that Maggie doesn't understand why after all she's been through, she could still feel this way about the the workers that she has and the strike that's going on. Mm-hmm. Nice. I'm really excited for this. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I, we should say you you start airing November 1st. So yes, I do. I think so this will it will have already started. Yes. So you guys can go ahead and um, get caught up on YouTube. Yes. And um now, how did you let, let's because we've talked a little bit about the story and I don't want to give too much away. Sure. Um, but I do like what you've set up as the premise. And I like the, the I like how you've done this. This sounds this sounds really interesting. I'm really excited okay. to see it. Um, so let's jump back into production a little bit. Sure. Because I think this is really interesting that you um, I mean, it's, it sounds like you probably had to learn everything, right? You had to like work with cameras and mics and casting. Yeah. And yes, did yeah, you write absolutely. the whole series as well? I had, I don't want to get the numbers wrong. I believe I have four or five writers as well. So I had some people who have done their own web series already. So I had one of the writers did a adaptation of Sense and Sensibility. Okay. uh, And then she's working on something else that's also coming out November 4th. So plug, that's a coincidence. And it comes out right after ours. It's kind of our sister series. So go go find it. Uh, and then the other writer, uh, she did an adaptation of Far From the Madding Crowd. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they'd both done stuff. But then we also had writers that had never done anything with web series before. So we had a mix of both. Um, and so we all we all took episodes and everything. But so I did write a big chunk of it. Yes. I like that you, you basically had a writer's room just the way that a TV show would. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I like it. It sounds like so much fun. It was. Again, I'm jealous. I want to do Aww. this. <laughs> so, um, were they were they scattered all over the place too? Were you guys sort of like communicating via like email, Skype, all that, you yes. know, online stuff? Yeah. Okay, yeah, gotcha. We had uh, people who were over in Europe. I believe that our furthest afield uh, is over in India, uh, and we had people on the west coast, and we had um, people on the east coast. So, yeah, all all over the place. That's awesome, though. So then you finished writing the series. I'm Mm -hmm. guessing you finished writing it first. Then you started casting. Yeah, exactly. That was the biggest thing I felt in the two web series that I tried before is that we tried to do it uh, while we were still writing and we tried to do it. And we, we felt at the time like we were doing the smart thing because we'd heard a lot of complaints for web series about how 
people had feedback and problems with like sound and stuff. And that way we were able to fix it in the middle. Mm -hmm. But that ultimately just ended up with everything falling apart because we couldn't sustain it. So Mm -hmm. I, I wanted to do everything really step by step. So we finished the entire script and did all the edits before I ever started casting. Oh, nice. Nice. And then where did you go for casting? Did you kind of look to local schools? Did you just go cast wide? Uh, so I went to a website. I wish I could remember the name of it at the top of my head. Um, but so I put it on a couple of different websites and everything. And they have it's usually it usually costs something. But if you wait a certain amount of time, you can post for free. It'll like do promos and things like that. Mm-hmm. And you can boost your your post or whatever. And so I put it out there. Um, I did I did put it on other places, but it was all it was all ended up being through this website. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. And um, what were the what was the audition process like? It was it was all through email because okay. I knew there was no way I was going to be able to get everyone in one place at one time to mm-hmm. try and do uh, proper face to face interviews. And really, what mattered to me is what their presence was like on camera. Yeah, you know, I didn't really. If this was a stage production, it would be totally different. But I didn't really care what their presence, you know, right in front of me was. Mm-hmm. And so we had, uh, I want to say we had 30 to 40 people all together who nice. auditioned. Oh, wow. And so we, we narrowed it down. You know, some people, some people was a harder choice um, than others. I ended up turning the one rail role that I had that was, it was potentially going to be gender neutral or it was going to be male because I figured, you know, okay, it's fine. You know, we have one, one male character. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the only auditions that I got from these guys were, I'm super awesome. I've got a gorgeous bod and I've been told that I'm the greatest thing since sliced bread. You should cast me. And after getting about eight of those, I went, nope, that's it. Just kidding. We're finding a lady. That's, (laughs) we're done. So we just, we just changed the gender Mm -hmm. and that was it. Oh God. (laughs) (laughs) I can only imagine. So what were you looking for from Maggie in particular? What was like the thing that you were looking for in an actor? We were really looking for someone who had a really big presence. You know, she's she's run this blog on her own. So part of part of the episodes are her own personal blog that she's doing as part of her journalism work. It's sort of like an advice personal column. And so we really wanted someone who's going to be able to engage with the camera, who is going to be able to be funny, but not over the top, but still also be able to handle more serious moments and have more, you know, quiet time uh, and gravitas to some of the situations. Mm -hmm. So we really but we really wanted someone who didn't mind talking to the camera, who was totally comfortable doing that and just was really engaging with it. Nice. And then who did you end up casting? So that was uh, her name is Agatha, mm-hmm. and she um, she does like five million different things. So the poor girl, our our episodes ended up being so Maggie centric, which, uh, on retrospect, I wish that we had put a bit more character in. But so she had five million lines in sure. this thing, and she she works at kids children's birthday parties. She does like different costume things. Mm-hmm. She does. Uh, special effects horror she actually went to school over in Spain because her family is Spanish and like directly like her mom and dad were from Spain so Mm -hmm. she's fluent in Spanish Uh, she's now working at a theater in DC so she does five million different things gotcha that's awesome (laughs) yeah she was she was great and where did you guys film actually so we first started out filming at the the actress who played Thornton's home. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was really a trip because I live on a good day. I live 45 minutes to an hour 
away from DC and that's with very little traffic. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's where everyone else was located. Uh, and I was actually filming even up further North. So most days it would take me more like an hour and 20 minutes to get up to where we were filming. Oh gosh. Uh, and so we were originally filming there. Uh, but we really needed an office space for Thornton and there was just nothing that worked. And we tried reaching out to some people, uh, and finding office spaces that we could use for free because I have essentially a no budget mm-hmm. and it just never worked out. So we ended up filming some things at Agatha's house. Uh, and then Christina, uh, we had this really big delay in filming and doing everything. And Christina was moving, uh, back to Vancouver, BC. And so we couldn't use that house to film in anymore. And so we ended up filming a lot of our other stuff, uh, at Agatha's. Okay. And we, we, again, we had really grand hopes of doing uh, things, you know, a couple of things at the ocean, a couple of more things outside. And it just mm-hmm. never, it was just really difficult to to make it happen. Now, um, when they were cast, did you recommend that they read the book or watch the TV series to really get I did. Yeah. I did. I okay. recommended that they read the book. I recommended that they watch the miniseries. I also recommended that they watched some literary web series of their own. And mm-hmm. I think they were all pretty terrible. I actually think that only one of our actresses actually read the books. So I've watched the miniseries <laughs> and the rest of them were kind of like, eh, that's, I think they, I think they read the cliff notes maybe. Sure. Sure. It's a but long I book. Suge- <laughs> I suggested it. <laughs> it's a long book, but it's a great book. It is. It is. And I feel like, um, it fits so well because each chapter is so complete too, because, mm-hmm. you know, because it was serialized for uh, Charles Dickens magazine. So it, it really mm-hmm. makes sense to actually, you know, just how episodic it is. Yeah, it definitely. Um, now each episode is like four or five minutes. How long mm-hmm. would it take you to actually shoot an episode? <laughs> uh, depended on what we were doing, depended sure. on how complex and like if we were with it or not. Uh, I want to say on a, on a good day, we usually got through about four episodes, and that okay. was starting at like ten o'clock, nine o'clock in the morning, something like that, and ending at like five or six o'clock. Okay. In the evening, and so some some days were were worse than others. It's funny. Our most productive day ended up being way at the end. Agatha was sick, and we did like eleven episodes in one day because oh I God. had to give the camera back to who I borrowed it from, and we were on a super time crunch. And so I'm like, okay, we need to time crunch in for you to be sick more, Agatha, because clearly these are because we were gonna film the next day as well. And she's like, no, I wanna I wanna be able to sleep tomorrow. We're getting all of this done today. <laughs> I don't want to have to film again tomorrow. So we knocked tons of them out in one day, but generally it was more usually like four or five at the most. Okay, that's awesome though. Actually, yeah. I have to say. Um... That's way more than I would think, but uh, oh. well, my fr- one of my closest friends is a filmmaker, right? Yeah, and my husband is like constantly in his movies, and I, it I takes, heard, yeah, it takes forever <laughs> from Halloween episode, yeah. <laughs> so it's just it 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 takes forever. <laughs> <laughs> he does a lot of shot setups, so that's yeah. part of it. But yeah. um, yeah, like it's it's yeah very involved. I, I'm sure his film quality is far superior to what ours is, so I understand. <laughs> If this goes well, if this is well received, would you think about, you know, running a Kickstarter and getting some funding that way and maybe doing another series? I definitely would love to. I mm-hmm. considered doing it, but I just decided it would be too foolish with nobody really knowing who I was outside sure. of like five or six people. And I know that that's been really common for several other people uh like the series that I mentioned that's coming out November 4th. Uh, I don't think she did any fundraising or anything for her first series, but she managed to raise really a quite impressive amount 
uh, for this one. And I think a lot of people knew it and a lot of people really loved that series. And so, yeah, I mean, I have no idea how popular this is going to be or not. But if I get any kind of uh, following, then definitely it would be really nice to have a bigger budget. Uh, it would be really be nice if you have any kind of budget at sure. all. Sure. <laughs> uh, understood. <laughs> Now, um, would you also consider staying in the Elizabeth Gaskell world? I don't know if you've read any of her other books or anything like that, but... You know, I haven't yet, and I wasn't sure, but I've been... I think it would be really nice. I I honestly don't know if there's been any adaptations of any of her other work. Yeah, and I, I don't think so. I think it's so. a really big shame, because I think, you know, I don't feel like most people know who she is or what she wrote. You know, everybody knows the Brontes, and everybody knows Jane Austen, and some of those other bigger writers, but I don't... I don't hear a lot of people outside of that more intimate circle ever having heard of Elizabeth Gaskell. You know, I've told a lot of people about Oh North and South and it's by Elizabeth Gaskell and most people are like, who is that? And I think it's a shame because I think she she's really interesting. Yeah, and she's she's wrote a ton of books. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. She has a huge catalog to choose from. Um, yeah. I guess Cranford would be the biggest, mm-hmm. really. Yeah. See, you know, Cranford, I could also see having a modern adaptation would be really interesting as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Um, but, you know, something like Mary Barton, which is another, it was, I think, her first book. I think that would actually be great as a as a web series. Um, yeah. Also, again, something that feels very modern. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, yeah. Her work feels very present. It's very political mm-hmm. and it's it, women's issues. and Absolutely. Yeah. So um, I would just, yeah, I would love it if you would cont- continue the Elizabeth Gaskell train. Oh, thank you. <laughs> She's a fantastic writer. I want more people to know about her. I know. Me too. Had a great life story as well, too, which we're, mm-hmm. we're going to get into on the show. But yeah. Um, yeah. So um, you had to go through the editing process as well. Did you learn how yes. to edit or did you outsource that? Or how did you do that? I have did 90% of the editing on mm-hmm. my own. I outsourced a little bit of it. I know that it has probably suffered because of my poor editing skills. But it was one of those things where the people who were available to edit are all working on their own things and they just didn't have the time. Sure. So I it's it's a bit rougher around the edges than I would like. It's and again, it's a budget thing. You know, if I had the money to afford one of those nicer editing programs, I'd probably be able to learn how to use it. But I the biggest challenge was we have some episodes that are done through uh, security footage and they have um they have like a timer on it. They are, you know, telling, oh, it's, you know, 5 p.m. It's, you sure. know, 5, 10, it's whatever. Um, and so I had to actually go and use a different program and everything. And that was a lot more uh, uh, steps and a lot more complicated than my basic editing software that I've been using before. So, but yeah. I think I, people don't realize how much goes into all of this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's amazing when you start to sit down. And I think about some of the other shows that I've watched that have way more graphics or cuts or things that have to happen. I think, oh, my God, you know, I mean, just just cutting it. I mean, mm-hmm. just cutting from where our actors messed up or had to stop or had to think about a line uh, and making it flow seamlessly or having to tweak the audio or having to edit a different thing and or put music in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's amazing how the, even the simplest of things can take so long. I'll yeah. look at my computer and I'll be sitting and working on my editing. I'll be like, what do you mean it, two hours has passed? I've right. gotten like one episode done. This is terrible. <laughs> now, have you edited the entire series? You're good to just upload every week or do you have a few? Do you have almost. sort of like, like 10 or 20? Oh, okay. We're awesome. Almost there. Yeah. We have a couple um, that 
it might be interesting because I think some of the footage has been messed up. So it might be a little creative on how we present those couple of episodes. Sure. And then I have just a couple more that uh, like one of my editors just found something today where we had a repeat uh, mm-hmm. line in one of the episodes. So I've just okay. been tweaking that. But we have like 90% of it all finished. So nice. yeah, because I knew that with my work schedule and everything that I didn't want to be having to try and upload and then you know, put them on and everything. So they're already uploaded. They're just private. So once the day rolls around, I just, you know, I schedule it and it'll be, it'll be up. So yeah, I knew I didn't want to have to mess with all of that. Gotcha. Yeah, no, totally understood. Um, Now this is kind of a big question, but what has sort of brought you the most joy so far at this point? Or maybe what was like your best day filming or just maybe... What, yeah, yeah, what brought you a lot of joy from this project? You know, I mean, I th- probably having the trailer released and seeing the reactions, that and then releasing our Halloween trailer, those two big things. Because the, the Halloween trailer, we got to 50 subscribers. And so I was like, okay, I'm doing this treat for you. So both mm-hmm. of them coming out um, and just, it's, you know, when that Facebook post rolled around of seeing that I tried to do something like this four years ago, it mm-hmm. was really kind of emotional and stuff and that I'm finally here. Right. And it's, and then I had another post that said that we had, uh, like two, two days ago, I just got a reminder saying, oh, I'm starting, you know, this web series based on North and South. I'm looking for writers. So like almost a year to the day, I've just started working on the project. And so it's been seeing the trailers come out and actually seeing like it feel like a real thing. It's been really big because it feel, I was really afraid that this was never going to happen. And there was, right. there was a point back in July where I actually thought we would almost just have to end the project and we wouldn't be able to continue. Mm-hmm. So we, we almost reached the point of this never even happening. So it was really, really amazing to actually see it come together. And um, what's been the biggest like takeaway from the material itself, like North and South, like what about the book really resonates with you? You know, it's it's been really interesting adapting it to modern times. I think what you've said really applies in that how modern it still feels and some of the issues, especially uh, making this in a Trump era world mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of the, the feelings and I uh, a lot of the things with minimum wage and with proper wages, a lot of the idea of, you know, what what can a what can a woman do and not do? I think that's still really prevalent mm-hmm. in our world. Uh, a lot of how people interact with each other and especially in terms of relationships and what people assume and don't assume about each other and what a person might want and not want. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, th- I think those are a lot of really prevalent things still. And I think, uh, I think the whole idea of someone like Maggie, uh, you know, having such good intentions and yet really going about it the wrong way because she's not listening and she's not, She's not seeing the other side. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's that's really important for a lot of people because I think all of us think we know what's best and we have a good idea of what we think is right and we, we think is true. But that doesn't mean that it applies to everyone and that if you if you move to a new place, a new job, a new uh, location, if you move to a new culture, that you have to understand and you have to see it from a different perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Now... Do you have any advice for people out there who want to do their own web series? Oh, God, I feel like I'm the worst person <laughs> to give advice. I feel like I went about it so poorly. Um, I would say that I would highly recommend what I did, which was completing one thing before you start another thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, of course, if there's fine if you finish 90% of a script and you want to start casting. But I really recommend getting all of that together. Uh, 
I would recommend really strong communication. That's something that I still struggled with, uh, making sure that your actors are communicating with you and everything uh, and about just clarifying how much you want to get done. I was really loose on my time schedule, and I think that that can be problematic to really have a good idea of when you want to to air it, if you want to have holidays in mind, mm-hmm. because we're sort of having to look back and go, okay, well, we're now we're now airing in like the Thanksgiving Christmas season, but we didn't really do anything in our episodes to show that. So it's going to have to okay. be a lot of outside showing. So just having an awareness of when you want to do it and really trying to keep yourself to a schedule and making sure that your actors have the, the time to really do it and making sure, like, I know that Agatha loved doing this role and I don't really think she regrets it but really making sure if your main actor or actress has a huge amount of the material really making sure they're aware of that because that's really going to consume a ton of their time and a ton of their attention right that all sounds like great advice to me honestly (laughs) (laughs) good what I I mean, I've said this a million times on this podcast and I'm going to say it again what the thing that I'm always looking for when I'm looking for guests and um, you know when we're talking about whoever we're going to bring on the show, it's just like, I love when people are inspired by a thing that they love and they go out and create something and they go out and mm-hmm. make it. And it t- totally doesn't matter if you have any experience. And I think women always suffer from, you know, imposter syndrome. Like, who am I to even do this? Like, I don't oh, know yeah. what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, but I mean, you went out and did it. And now, you know, you know yes. what to do the next time. And I mean, that's just this is experience. That's just absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Lauren, I'm right with you in terms of kind of feeling a bit jealous that I haven't ever done this. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> it's like <laughs> listening to Lacey talk about it. And it's like, I remember when baby Hannah wanted to be a screenwriter. And yeah, maybe if I had been born like five years later, that this, you know, maybe Bonnets at Dawn would be this and not a podcast. I don't know. Yeah, uh, it's true. It's true. Maybe we should write a literary-inspired web series. It's a lot to produce a web series, so we we have to pass off production to someone else. Are we copying? (laughs) We're like, oh, we've just talked to you about doing your thing. We think we could do it, but better. (laughs) (laughs) No, not at all. Just like, now I just want to do it. (laughs) I want to do the Watsons. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Why do I? It's always the Watsons. I thought you were struggling... I thought you were struggling with the Watsons because you're just like, you've been rereading it, right? And you're like, oh, this is hard. Yeah, the first line is boring. Mm. Well, we'll cut that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll put it in our future plans book, of which we have many. <laughs> Maybe we'll find something at Persephone. Oh, yeah, that would be great. Oh, I can't wait to go to Persephone. I know. Speaking of the road trip, Lauren, we've got so much stuff like planned to do oh my god so much is happening live appearances it's true um and we're gonna be all over manchester oh my god i'm gonna take you to the hogwarts library that i can't remember what it's (gasps) called i am going to take so many pictures for our instagram there's gonna be stories so guys make sure you are following us at bonnets at dawn we might do like a little live video. Yes, definitely then a live video. It'll come up on your um, phone and say that we're doing it. And then you can like come in and say hello. <laughs> I don't really, I've never done one, so I don't know how it works. <laughs> we'll probably have to restart it several times. So please be on the lookout for our technical difficulties. Yeah, and I uh, hope it works better than our story uploads. 
from the moors which we were just like oh if you never hear from us again it's because we died on the moors and then the phone died and we were like oh gosh everyone's gonna think we're dead (laughs) Uh, thankfully no one sent out a search and rescue for us yeah unless the search and rescue got lost on the moors and no one knows about it Mm, that's true riddle that we made it back to the pub guys don't worry we did um yeah, so we are actually planning on doing a couple of Facebook Lives while we're at Gaskell House. Um, one will be on Sunday, December 4th. Timing to be determined. We'll put that on our Facebook group. But, but the time on Facebook will be the UK time. Yes, it will. So if I'll you see those. any times, just remember to check whatever so, the time um, is in the UK. Yeah, it'll probably be US morning and then afternoon UK. Yes. And uh, please check in with us and ask us any questions that you want us to ask um, the Gaskell experts and any questions you might have for our Charlotte and Elizabeth panel that will be on Thursday, December 7th. And you could do that by reaching out to us um, on Instagram, like Lauren said, at bonnets at dawn. You can also find us uh, there on Twitter, if you wanted, you could address your questions using the hashtag NSBonnets and then maybe hashtag Gaskell House as well. Sure. Yeah, go for it. And that way we know specifically that your question is for one of our live videos and then we can make sure to catch all of those. So yeah, send send us your comments and queries that way. And of course, you can always find us on Facebook uh, in the Bonnets at Dawn closed group. So just let us know and we'll let you in and there'll be like a little thread. And you can ask away. Be exciting. I'm so glad. I'm so happy that we've been able to interact with all of you guys uh, during this read along too. It's been awesome. Yes. And, you know, I just, I do feel like the little troll in the corner who keeps being like, (laughs) it still reminds me of Pride and Prejudice. (laughs) And I did that today. So I've been really enjoying being that person for (laughs) an entire month. Like... This must be what my little brother feels like every day of his life. Oh, yeah. Being pedantic. <laughs> Probably. <and> annoying. <laughs> Sorry, Tiff. Um, I know that we've talked about doing a Pride and Prejudice versus North and South episode. We might be a little bit North and South out at the end of this month, but um, it would be good for us to revisit it at some point. And also like just all of the literary references In Gaskell, because there are so freaking many. There's a lot. There's a lot. Yeah. And I'm really excited to listen to um, the In Our Time episode about North and South, which has been sat on my phone for days now, and I can't listen to it because I haven't finished the book. Oh, Um, you know what? I just listened to it, even though I haven't finished the book. Why would you do that? What is wrong with you? I, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's very, it's very good. They do run out of time, which I find really funny. They always do. Oh my gosh. Um, just, that's like the joy of podcasting. We can just do it as long as we want. Although, you know what? I always think to myself when I'm listening, I'm like, how would Melvin Bragg react if I was on, <laughs> if I was on his show? Because everyone's so posh. Everyone's they really so posh. And so old. posh. <laughs> oh, so, so posh. I'd just be there like, Melvin. Yes, <clears throat> son. <laughs> What's up, Melvin? Let's talk about persuasion. They've done that one, I think. (laughs) 
Yeah, um, I'm kind of confused that it's called In Our Time and then it's like specifically not. Yeah. <laughs> I'd ask Melvin about that. I'd have problems staying on point, I think. If anyone knows Melvin, let us know because yeah. we'd love to be on this show. <laughs>